beautiful souls, welcome back to Girls, Gems, and Giggles. On today's episode, we have a returning guest by the name of Tiffany. If you recall, she was a guest back in April who was going through a pretty traumatic breakup and was really having difficulty separating herself, um, even though the person wasn't treating her kindly in any way. So I wanted to do a follow-up show to see where is she now? How's it going? Um, Has she maintained the breakup? Are they back together? So um, yeah, I reached out to see like what's going on. And anyway, this is going to be part one. And we had a really long conversation, you guys. So stay tuned for part one. And then I'm going to post part two of this podcast at a later date but um yeah you're gonna want to listen to both parts because it's really interesting um but anyway take a listen to tiffany and joy on girls gems and giggles and i'll see you on the other side Welcome back to the show. Hello. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since we heard from you. So I am so excited to catch up and see like good. <laughs> so for those of you who who um might not remember, Tiffany was a guest. What was it back in like April, maybe? It was April 28th, actually. Okay. Yeah. So- yeah, so she was a guest back in April, and she was going through a breakup at the time with <laughs> narcissists that she had been with for about six years, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, so what's what's been going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So if you thought the first show was transparent, this show is going to be equally, if not more. So, (laughs) yeah, I wish I had some great, great news to report. (laughs) Glass of wine for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I actually did did my due diligence and did some homework um, prior to this because actually, you know, talking about it is very therapeutic and I apologize in advance if I break down and cry at any point (laughs) Mm. it's been yeah it's been that that rough um but I have been um really um doing my homework on this whole narcissism thing and doing a deeper dive into it I um, really believe wholeheartedly that I have been dealing with a covert narcissist. Um, He doesn't display the traits of like a malignant narcissist. He doesn't have like grandiosity, but a covert, you know, more undercover, quiet um, at first (laughs) till you get to know him. But he has all those traits. So I joined... um, a group for um, people who have been in abusive um, 
relationship, well, toxic, abusive relationships, you know, that have been emotionally abusive and things like that. So that's helped um, doing that three times a week. Wow, that's really good. So is this like an online group? Yeah, it's online. It's online. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it is amazing um, how all of our stories just overlap and intersect with one another. Like, this is just, it's unreal. It's unreal. So I'm going to go from that perspective of him being a narcissist okay so (laughs) um so some of the terms i use are terms that i've learned you know over the last couple months or whatever and just okay malignant narcissist (laughs) (laughs) i have when i tell you i have been doing deep dives deep dives yes (laughs) like books you ought to see my my nightstand right now. I'm like currently reading five different books. Like not all, not on all that, but you know, just a lot of. Um, one right now that I started last night is um, "The Root of Rejection" by Joyce Meyer. I really, really love her books um, because anybody, or if you remember from the first, um, the first uh, session we did. I had mentioned and talked a lot about having some rejection and an- abandonment issues. So I'm really trying to get to the root of instead of just masking, trying to work on me, basically. So <laughs> anyhow, so I, w- I want to give you and the listeners a timeline on, on what happened. So we talked on April 28th, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so at that point, we were in no contact. You know, I wasn't contacting him. He wasn't contacting me. I still hadn't blocked him. I had a lot of ambivalence about blocking him and all this other nonsense. Um, so two days after that show was my birthday. And I get the Hoover text, which is another, um, you know, narcissist. The, the another narc term. The okay. Hoover. That is huh? Can you explain what that is? So the Hoover technique is basically named after the Hoover vacuum. And it's just it, it's just a a name where people try to suck you back in after a period of no contact. So it's mm-hmm. just a um a phrase that's used when when talked about um, narcissistic abuse. So I got the Hoover text. And the point of the Hoover text, it, in plain terms, is just to check and see if you're still stupid. You know, like <laughs> to, to gauge your temperature, to see what kind of mood you're in, you know, because they suffer what's called narc injuries. When you ignore them or ghost them like they do you, they that's a big blow to their ego so they'll they'll send out feelers you know and not so really. called hoovers so, so i got the go ahead yeah it's not so much like they miss you so much or they love you so much it's more like an ego boost like i need to know why you're not contacting me because i'm so special right and it's it's control mm. Con- control absolute control do i still have control over this person to influence them to i in they are in need of supply to fuel their ego. Any type of response from me fuels their supply. 
because they're so deficient in their own uh, self-worth and self-esteem, you know, any type of supply, good or bad, is Mm -hmm. the point of the Hoover. So Mm -hmm. he sent me a happy birthday text. And I, on iPhone, you know, I just gave it the thumbs up. You know, I didn't reply. I didn't do anything like that. So I guess that supply wasn't good enough. He called me a few hours later and was like, you know, what are you doing? I was like, you know, nothing. I was just chilling. You know, uh, my son and I had, um, we went out to a nice brunch and just enjoyed the afternoon. We spent um, the day together for my birthday. And then later that night I was wore out and was just at home, you know, and he called me. He's like, I'm going to come over. I'm at my homeboy's house and I'm going to, I'm going to come over and spend your birthday. I was like, okay. (laughs) Never came. Mm. Never came, but I did see him the next day. So Mm. this was in going into May 1st. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, not Mardi Gras. What is the uh, Cinco de Mayo came around? Okay, mm-hmm. he invited me out. You know, he um has a a bar with his mom. They don't have a liquor license yet, but you know, he was <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't uh. So he was like, you know, come down the to to the bar, which is not too far from me. It's about fifteen minutes. So I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So we're there. We have a few margaritas, and um, it was all good. Wait, can you pause? So at this point, you're not even upset that he didn't show up. You still went under nice pretenses because we saw each other the next day, and he actually did call me. But it was he. So he called me. He was at his friend's house on on my birthday about eight o'clock. He's like, "I'll call you when I leave here." Well, I'm thinking he may be over there an hour or two. He mm. called me at like one o'clock in the morning and I had blocked him. <laughs> so I missed the call. I okay. missed, yeah. So he had left a message and it was like, you know, I'm sorry or whatever. I don't even think he said I'm sorry. But <laughs> the, the next day I saw him. Okay. 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 So um, a couple of days later with Cinco de Mayo, I go down to the bar. There was some drunk old lady there. And she was like, my friend told me that she seen you holding hands with somebody. I couldn't catch the name right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And so after we left the bar, he was like, man, I hate when people get drunk and, and try to, you know, say that woman lying. She don't even know what she's talking about. And so I rationalized it and was like, well, I know he wasn't holding hands with nobody. He's just not that type of guy. So. <laughs> But, you know, rationalize the BS away. Mm. So um, fast forward to his birthday, which is May 14th. Now, the period between Cinco de Mayo and his birthday, which is May 14th, we're talking, kiki and on the phone, FaceTime until 11 and 12 at night, falling asleep. I mean, we're literally talking every day. I'm thinking, I, I told him about, coming on the show and how it was therapeutic we talked about that we didn't go under the surface you know but um I just told him 
we were getting along, okay, as best as we we do. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of days before his birthday, or like a week or two, he told me that he had some family coming in from out of town. Okay, cool. Now, mind you, in the six years that we've known each other, I've never spent a birthday with him because he's always ditched me, always ghost me, always. Mm-hmm. I've never spent a birthday with him. Never, ever. Mm-hmm. So he uh again, this bar comes up. We talk every day up until his birthday. Mm-hmm. I even baited him. I sent him a cash app of fifty dollars, and I wrote a message um after I sent the cash app. I was like, "You know, happy birthday." I said, I never have spent a birthday with you. I said, hopefully this year won't be the same because we're getting along, air quotes, right? (laughs) (laughs) To the best that we do. (laughs) So the night of his birthday comes, which is a Saturday night. He's not answering the phone Mm -hmm. all day long. I sent him a text. He's like, I'll call you in a second. That second never came. So I'm sitting over here with the smoke literally coming out of my ears, flaming hot, angry. I ride past the bar. The parking lot is full. The bar is jumping. He had a whole party. Mm -hmm. A whole party. Didn't tell you that he was throwing a party. A whole. Oh. So he had the $50 and the well wishes and didn't tell you. Mm-mm. Nope. So again, we stopped talking for about a week and a half this time. Um, And I sent him a long voicemail, a long text message. I probably called this man. I was calling back to back to back to back to back. I just, so he knew I was pissed. So we didn't talk. About a week and a half later, I'm coming from Zumba. When I get out from Zumba, I read a message. It was a provocative message asking me to come over. So I replied, yes. But in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to cuss this fool out when I get over there. So when I got over there, I went in. I went <laughs> off. He was like, let me give you some gas money. If that's what you came over here to do. Like that wasn't even my party. You know, me and the um homie wife birthday on the same day. So we she just decided to have it was just a last minute thing and um it wasn't even like that. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> When the whole parking lot was jumping, like it was people coming in and out the park, it was a whole party of a whole party. Okay, what you want to believe? This is the two right, 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 right. So, <laughs> so that was um, that was the towards the end of May. June was pretty uneventful. We get to the end of July. I think we had not really been talking or maybe a a phone call here and there, but nothing too, you know, too major. Uh So fast forward to about a month ago. 
Um, he asked me to uh, meet him at a nice, like, upscale cigar bar by his house. So we go to this cigar bar. I pay the bill. <laughs> but the story gets worse and worse and worse. I told you. <laughs> I told you. I spent $100.30 minutes. What? On drinks. But on the way to the cigar bar, I had a full-on, like, panic attack. That was my body telling me, stay away from this man. I had to pull off the highway, Shayla. Tiffany, didn't we talk about this in the last? We did. We did. Your body is going to tell you. And my body was telling me in the beginning. Remember the very (laughs) beginning? Remember when I told you I disappeared for three months in the very beginning because I could never get comfortable? Yes. That was the same exact feeling that came over me when I was headed down there to the bar. So, um, you know, we, we go to the bar, whatever. Now, what is so crazy is that as soon as I got there, all the anxiety dissipates and goes away and I'm calm. It's like I have the Stockholm Syndrome or something. I was totally fine once I got there. Oh. Yes. Yes. It gets, it gets worse, unfortunately. <laughs> so... The very next day, oh no, not the next day, the the next, uh, maybe the next week, he texts me, now we're talking, everything is cool, um, the next night we go out, and, uh, no, I'm sorry, let me stop, the next week I'm trying to look at my notes at the same time, okay. <laughs> All right, so the next week, he texts me on a Friday night at, like, 1230, and he's like, meet me at Finn's, okay? Mm-hmm. Finn's isn't too far from my house. I'm like, it's 1230. What time do they close? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is ridiculous. But what do I do? I get out of my bed, and I go. At 1230 a.m. 12:30. So I don't get there and because I'm I'm debating should I go. You know, so I sit here for about 15 minutes. He kept texting me, "Hurry up. They about to close. Hurry up. Come on up here. I'm by myself. Come on." So I leave my house about 1:15 in the morning. I don't get there until 1:45. When I walk up to the door, the police officer is like, uh, ma'am, they about to close. I was like, but I'm meeting my friend in there. He shrugged his shoulders and continued his conversation. Like, so? I was <laughs> like, that was sign number one. <laughs> so then I call him and text him. I'm like, you know, I'm outside the club looking stupid. Like, I'm 18 trying to get in a 21-year-old club or something. I'm looking at him. I'm like, you know, they won't let me in. It's too late. He comes out. He was like, man... Yo, um, yo ass was too busy trying to put on makeup. I told you to come on. So oh I was like, God. okay. He was like, well, meet me at this spot because they don't close until three. 
So I was like, okay. <laughs> and this spot was even closer to my house. But I was like, okay, fine. You know, we'll go there. We got about an hour and a half left. All right, cool. We go there. He runs into people that he knows. He's introducing me, ordering me a hookah and some drinks, having a nice time. But I noticed he dips off and starts talking to this woman in the club. It looked, you know, innocent. But I could tell, I mean, he was right in my, um, what do you call it? Line of sight. Mm-hmm. So I could see him. He had like hugged her around her waist. And, you know, he was like, that's the girl that lives right around the corner from you. And she was telling me her home, her dad just died. And I was like, okay, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't tripping at all. What I was tripping on is we're at the club. It's approximately 2.30 in the morning now, 2.45. And he makes a comment to me. He's like, man, I'm so glad you live down the street. I don't want to drive all the way home. I'm thinking, yeah, fine. You know, come on. Of course. You know, I don't want you driving that far anyway. And you done had four Hennessy's. You know, like, no problem. But Mm -hmm. the whole time he's texting somebody Mm -hmm. at 2.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I I couldn't see the phone, but I saw some emojis. So I automatically ruled out he was talking to a man. Like, who are you? You're talking to a man sending emojis at 2.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So the club is over, whatever. We get in our separate cars because we drove separately. And he's like, I called him about five to seven minutes after we leave. I'm like, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, uh, I said, well, I'll be waiting for you at the gate. He's like, okay. He never comes. Mm. He never comes. Mm. So. Wow. He never comes. So at this point, I start doing a damn deep dive into social media. Wrong move. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong move. (laughs) Okay. And so, I get a red flag number one, two, and three was why would he have a woman driving by herself at night at one, two, three in the morning? That's what I asked him too. Mm. And the whole time, like after the first conversation, when I checked on him, I was like, you know, are you good? He's like, yeah. I called him back and called him back. He wasn't answering the phone. Then he sent me a text message. It's like, dang, I'm trying to listen to mute my music. Chill out. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like, he finally answered. And I was like, what's up? He was like, man, I'm at home. My kidneys hurt. I was like, your <laughs> kidneys hurt. He was like, yeah, man, that Hennessy got my kidneys hurt. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, I was tempted. I was like, you know, I should drive an hour to his house to see if he's there. I didn't do it because my greater mind overpowered because I knew I had been drinking. I was like, ain't no way I'm about to take that chance just to go over there. And, you know, no way. So I'm glad that my greater mind prevailed that night. So uh, when we when that happened, I was like, okay. Let me go on Instagram and see if I can find some. Because I know he's doing something. He's doing something. And at the bar, at the cigar bar, we had this 
talk that we're we have an understanding that we're just friends you know and um nothing more than that we're friends and i was like oh okay we're friends you know so um after i'm skipping around a bit but after that after he went home i decided to get on instagram because we were going somewhere and he had his phone plugged into my car and i guess he didn't realize that whenever you have your phone plugged up all the messages come through the screen (laughs) the message didn't come through but a name popped up miranda and i remember when i first came back from cali we were in the car again and a Miranda was calling. I was like, okay, I wasn't really tripping because I'm trying to be like, okay, well, we just friends, you know, I can't stop nobody from calling his phone. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go on Instagram. I look through his page. There wasn't nothing too egregious on there. Um, But under one of his recent posts, when we were together, there was a girl named Miranda and she put my heart. Mm. So I go to Miranda's page. I even <laughs> create a Facebook at this point. I look all through Miranda's pictures and I'm so not impressed. <laughs> so on my journey in Instagram, I done went through all these followers and found the video that I found of him three years ago on his birthday. One of the years that he dodged me and ghosted Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. The video that I sent you. So blew my mind. I was like, what am I watching? (laughs) Why would he even post that? He didn't. His friend did. Oh okay. yeah, it was that wasn't on his page. That but that was that was how far down the rabbit hole I went. Yeah. You know, looking at his friends' page, just trying to find anything. So this was about three two two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. So at this point, had you already joined this group? Yes, I joined the group about a week after we first talked. No, and no, so, I wouldn't say a week. I would say a month, a month. I'm sorry. And so none of the strategies either that we talked about or that you learned in the group had kicked in. <laughs> no. Was that the clown or? <laughs> right, like it just keeps getting worse and worse when you don't go and join the whole support group and ain't nothing sticking, right? I feel you. So... Let me just get through and then you can talk. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. So, uh, I do the, 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 uh, search on IG or whatever. So I, <laughs> this was about two and a half, three weeks ago now. So I called him at three o'clock in the morning. What is this? Just going off and off and off and off. Sending him long paragraphs and text messages about how foul he is, how, you know, I can't say the words, but how just trifling he is and how would you, you just dishonorable and you're just a scum and a crutball and a dirtbag, like everything. 
And um, so we talked the next day. He's like, man, didn't we just have this talk the other day? I told you, we friends. So this went on and on and on. So about a week ago, um, I'm at my son's birthday dinner. We go out for a real nice dinner or whatever. And we talked the next day. And um, I actually called him um, to apologize for me going off. Right. And uh, we, we talked and he told me that I need to, and I'm paraphrasing, I need to go find some new penis, um, get out of his life. Um, he's passing me on to the next man so I can go beat up somebody else's house and uh, and abuse them. Um, I need some help. I'm all messed up because of my mom. I should have got help as a teenager and too bad so sad for you your mommy died and that's why you have all these issues i was like okay oh. that brought me to tears shayla Whoa. it brought me to tears that's evil let me take a couple deep breaths i said how and then he said if you ever come over my house again i'm gonna call the police on you what made him say that? Because I told him I was I was gonna go back to that bar, um, by his house, the original bar, the nice upscale bar, because there was a lot of nice eligible men in there, and he was like, "Well, don't come over my house if you've been if you, you know, just trying to piss me off." Yeah. He was telling me to go sleep with somebody else, go find you some new D, um you'll never get none of this again uh, first of all let's mm -mm. okay <laughs> yeah right. let's let's not even act like you sitting on some gold over there buddy but anyway um yeah so he used my whole the loss of my mom against me yeah. and and so after that I was like that was it so this was about this was August 9th Today is the 19th, though. So about 10 days ago. Hadn't called him. He hadn't called me. It was all good. And then I get a Hoover text yesterday at eight o'clock in the morning. And it was a meme. And it had a man curled up in a ball and a woman smoking at the edge of the bed. And the meme was like, when you caught feelings for her, but all she wanted was some D. <laughs> it, how old is he? <sighs> These behaviors are just ridiculous. So, you know, the philosophy in the NARC community is never, ever respond to a Hoover. But mm -hmm. that can backfire on you. Where, whereas they can start harassing you or show up, like I've said before. And that was sort of my reason for not blocking him because I don't want him showing up unannounced at my house. Anyhow, I thought about it uh, about an hour and I did respond. I said, not true at all. I said, but since you're so good at playing the victim role, I can send you some leads if you want. Tyler Perry Studios is not too far. 
<laughs> With a smiley face, because you know I did some backup work there. <laughs> right. And then I said, Stop playing with my emotions and my intelligence, sir. And that was it. And so you haven't spoken to him since? No, that was that was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday. That was yesterday, yes. So it's been a for real roller coaster since we But this time <laughs> oh and I even even hate saying those words. It's getting worse and worse and worse for me each time. Like I was having, I am, I am, I am. It's getting, because to to your question, I guess what I have been listening to has been going deep. I have been listening. I haven't been executing, but I have been listening. And that's why it was so worse this time because the discard was so bad and he tried that reverse psychology on me by encouraging me to go sleep with other people you know what I mean telling me he was passing me off like I'm Mm -hmm. he's a pimp and I'm a prostitute you know what I'm saying you're passing me off you're you what and so this week I've had insomnia. I have had some. It's not been good, Shayla. It's not been good. I just hate that he has this much control over you. Like, what is it? It's it's almost like because I don't feel that you're so in love with him as a person or no no or the sexual ties are that strong I, it, it's more so like you said from that book like finding the root of rejection you know what I mean yeah it's it's the root and so I was doing you know reading the bible and just listening and reading anything that I could get my hands on about rejection And rejection, even though it occurs in our mind, it mimics physical pain. Like I've had just pains for no reason and just, just achy. And it rejection for me and, and I can trace it all the way back to, um, abandonment. So I have, I, it's not him. It's me. it's me yeah well it it is him you know what I mean but but it's you who keeps going back to the to the pattern and and calling him and sending the money and meeting him here and Mm -hmm. you know like yeah it's it is him yeah like you said but it's also like you're attracted to the pain Something keeps driving you back to the pain. That's what a trauma bond is. That's why it's called a trauma bond. And it in um, narcissistic relationships and toxic relationships, it's almost like an addiction. Yeah. I heard um, a psychologist, I mentioned to you 
before um, somebody, somebody named um, Dr. Romani out of UCLA. She is like all over YouTube, all over, I mean, this lady is so incredibly smart. And she said that a toxic relationship sometimes can be likened to a heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful that, that pull is. And when you have that anxious attachment style like I do, and you have experienced trauma and have, you know, we talked about this person um, modeling sort of the same behaviors my father did as a younger man. And so the, um, the constant wanting him to validate me, you know, like I did as a child, you know, wanting my dad to validate me wanting that's that that's that's what's fueling me that trauma bond but the validation's never gonna come from him that's not what narcissists do (laughs) so i'm chasing a waterfall yeah and it's almost like you're getting a rush or a hit from the the abuse you know it's kind of like maybe part of subconsciously part of you is attracted to that you don't know what's going to happen or this is like you know what I mean like I don't know like because for some people I feel like when they go through certain things if they're so what what's the last thing you heard um I was basically saying that I'm chasing a waterfall for validation and he's never going to validate me and my feelings. Yeah, and it's it's like what you said. It sounds like being treated like that is almost like a rush of adrenaline or a hit, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like you don't know what you're going to get. And part of you maybe subconsciously is attracted to that, that pain. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of similar to when people cut themselves. Like just to feel something, even though it might be painful or ugly or whatever, mm-hmm. for them, it relieves something inside. Yes. And I, I've actually heard, because, you know, I, I work on a um, crisis line and I've heard a lot of my callers say that, you know, um, as it relates to cutting is that it's, it's a release. Because I, I get personal with them and ask them why or why they do it. And um, they say it, it relieves pressure. Mm-hmm. They don't do it to see blood or it, it relieves. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, it's like a hit for you. Like when you have to chase him down or call him or, you know, or go through the phone or stuff like that. It's it's a rush of adrenaline in some way. Yeah. Cause remember I was just saying how like on the way to the encounter we had, how I was panicking. But when I got there, everything slowed down. Mm. It, the anxiety stopped heart rate back to normal. I wasn't sweating. I wasn't feeling anxious. It is just an interesting psychological component. Like identifying with your oppressor almost. Yeah, like the Stockholm Syndrome, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
I wonder I wonder if you were to really be healed and and be stronger, would he even be attracted to you at that point? The answer is no. Because I feel like part of his attraction is your weakness and your chasing. You know? Of course. Of course. And and then he, you know, he punishes me every time I react, you know, and go off and and do these things. First of all, he reminds me that I'm nothing to him. (laughs) We're not a couple. We're not. We're we're not a couple. You don't even have a right to be going off. Okay. Well, I'll I'll take that. But um I don't even I don't even feel like myself. I don't even know the person in the mirror. That's how far it's gone. Wow. Yeah. You know- I heard somewhere that um, when you're attracted to emotionally available people, it's because you don't you're not emotionally available. Do you think that maybe part of you is scared of a healthy relationship or a happy relationship, and so it's easier to be with somebody you know is never going to give you what you want. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so disappointed in myself. I'm completely disappointed with myself. Why do you say that? Because I have too much on the line to be dealing with this. Mm -hmm. I have, I'm just disappointed in how I've acted, how I've reacted, what I've allowed, how I've allowed to, to be talked to. Your phone was going out. You said how you allowed to be talked to and what? How I allowed myself to be talked to like trash. How I've allowed myself to be devalued. Like. (laughs) So at this point, how can we fix that though? Because we do know the problem. We do know part of the root, you know? Mm -hmm. So... What steps moving forward can we take to get away, to truly, truly break away from this situation and these feelings, most of all? So for me, and this is going to sound so stupid, I, so most of the people in the, in the group that I belong to, we call it the huddle. And a lot of people have been no contact for years, some of them just a couple months, some of them just a couple days. But everybody 
his saying that going completely no contact is the only way out and that mm-hmm. includes a block mm-hmm. but for some reason i cannot bring myself to block him and i've questioned myself and asked why and this is so stupid but just follow me for a second it all goes back to my mom i'm thinking what if something happens to him what if he dies like i'll never know what if something bad happens to him what if what if he needs me in an emergency what if but he's nowhere near on the same level as your mother right nowhere that's how afraid i am of losing people Mm. bad or good yeah bad or good yeah yeah I think no contact is you know it's a super it's a superficial solution it is a necessary solution But it's, yeah, it's superficial, like, at this point, because, you know, if not a, if not a, we won't say his name, let's just call him, uh, I don't know, John. If not a John, then there's going to be a Joe. You know what I mean? Until Uh you, you know, because you can no contact John, but then here comes Joe with the same issues, especially if he's covert as well. (laughs) Right. And then if you haven't healed that that real problem, then it's not going to work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the no contact needs to be during the time when you're actively working on healing and Mm -hmm. just loving yourself and supporting Can I get a four-pack of um, Moscato? (laughs) We are live. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you edit that? We talking about healing. <laughs> this is part of my healing. Don't edit it. <laughs> well, when you at the beginning, when you said, let me get some wine, I was like, that sounds good. And I didn't oh, have no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't edit that out. Um, no. The funny part is you tried to say it low like nobody can hear you. <laughs> heals differently right mm-hmm. how do you feel like you best heal well <clears throat> uh, radical acceptance and I have come to that part where I have accepted that this is who he is He's never going to change because 
it's gotten worse over the years. Like I've been having what Dr. Romney would say, your fork recall, where you try to think of all the bad things that this person has done to you, but then that one thought of a couple minutes of happiness that you spent together is enough to be like, oh, well, he's not that bad. No, he is that bad. He is that bad, and he brings out the worst in me, and this isn't something that I need to be involved in. But to answer your question, it's, it's strange because um, other people, I have no problem cutting them off. Mm -hmm. Like if you remember the guy from our hometown that I was dating, once he messed up, I blocked him and didn't mm -hmm. look back. I just unrecently blocked him after three years. Another ex that I was with blocked him for over a year and it was not a problem. So I, I don't, but those relationships weren't like this one either. They weren't the best, but they weren't as toxic as this one. So, so I feel like for you, because this sounds like an addiction. You're addicted to him. You're addicted to these patterns, emotions, stuff. I feel like for you, maybe you could benefit from, like, uh, not what is not Narcotics Anonymous, but something like that, like where it's addiction based. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I've been um, trying to explore um, some therapy, but I need um, I need a really seasoned therapy who a really seasoned therapist um, who know what I'm talking about. Um, so it may just take some searching. And because, and you know, reason why I say you need an addiction therapist for one, because there's a family history of addiction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. addiction manifests itself in so many different ways. Oh it's yeah. It's playing itself out in this way for you. But yes. It's 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 really under that big umbrella of what that root is. It's an addiction mm -hmm. curse. You know what I'm saying? And right. and before you met him, or maybe during I don't know, but there were other things that you could have potentially been addicted to. You know what I mean? So I feel like something with that in mind would be good. Yeah. Well, most people who have trauma in their background do struggle with addiction that's almost a given um i didn't think of an addiction specialist though i i didn't think about that um i think if you went to like an addicts class you would you would see the similarities between the things they do and the things you're doing but just on a different you know, one is with a person and the other one is with, you know, or whatever, a substance. Right. And now that you, you brought that up, something came to my mind, and I'm sure you um, know about the stages of change. When somebody is addicted to a substance, whether it be nicotine, pornography, um, and they want to change, right? There's, there's five stages, pre-contemplation, contemplation, action maintenance and then relapse that is exactly what i've been going through mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh i want to give up this addiction to sweets well then you first you think about it okay i probably need to do this for my health 
then you're like, okay, I'm going to, the contemplation, um, you decide to do it. And then the action stage, you know, you remove all the sweets from your house. Then the maintenance stage, going through the withdrawals. Then the relapse, you know what I mean? And the cycle just continues and t- continues and continues until you get a sustained Um, yeah. yeah, because it's like, and then it's similar in the fact that, like, you know, sometimes they have to hit rock bottom or mm-hmm. they have to lose a lot, you know, to re- like, even though, like, you said something earlier about it causes you so much pain, but that little, and you know, it's ruining your life in some way, but <laughs> yeah. that little hit of happiness is enough to keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Tiffany and I and stay tuned for part two because there's more to the conversation. We're not done yet. I'm going to post it in a couple of days. So be on the lookout for part two of Where Are They Now with Tiffany. Hey guys, I know you enjoyed that last episode of Girls, Gems, and Giggles. If you like what you hear here, please make sure that you follow our show, that you're subscribed so that you get the alerts on when we have a brand new episodes coming out. And also share with someone who might enjoy this show as well. You can reach us by email at girlsgemsandgiggles at mail.com. And a link to our website is in the bio of the show. Feel free to leave a positive review. We love to hear from you guys. We'd also like if you would like to be a guest on our show, please submit that information through our website or our email as well. And we can discuss opportunities to come on the show. Anyways, if all you want to do is sit back and listen, we love you for that too. Whatever you want to do, we're just glad that you're part of this journey with us. We love you. Stay great. Peace.